We're in a matrix. We're in a matrix. We're in a matrix. Yeah. Let's do this. Welcome aboard this. Well, yeah, we, I, we, you know what I call it. I call it that shit show. <laughs> Indeed, it's whatever you want to call it. Tonight, my friends, once again, we'll be joined by John LeCron. John LeCron is now unmuted. So what's up, John? Glad you can be with me. Glad to be here with you, Matt. It's all good, all well. Life is good. We got out of bed this morning. It beats the alternative of pushing up daisies now, doesn't it? I'd rather be here with you than six feet under or in a in an urn somewhere. Or maybe just like tossed out to sea. I don't know. Yeah, be yeah, you're right. I'm glad that we're alive and kicking, buddy. And that oh, that, that is just random. That's why we're here doing what we're doing. It's why we fight the way we fight. That's correct. They sure do. John, we was talking uh, last night. That's why I I told you off air. We were talking last night a little bit about um, the Federal Reserve and 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 this this right down below me. You see it, right? Um, they the, the all the all powerful the all non-powerful powerful they're only as powerful as we let them be right well we're the one to give them the power to begin with just by simply consenting to what's going on so i mean if you look to look at who built this world that we're living in all you have to do is look in the mirror and we don't oftentimes want to admit that brutal truth but that mm-hmm. is what the deal is you know they can only do so much they can sit there and uh tell us what their hopes and dreams are to enslave the planet but uh if we all just tell them no thank you we're not interested in your contract offer kiss off (laughs) and they do uh well you know let's let's start out with this okay because the the down below in that little teeny box i got the pretty much the wizard of oz straw man a lot of people have no idea really really what that is and i was trying to tell everybody last night i was going to, i was giving like a synopsis okay of what it was how it was created um the and the power that we give it we we you and i we and everybody else pretty much give it that that uh the validity it's it's a valid thing but we're the ones that literally feed into it we can stop that shit whenever we choose to. You want to talk about that? Or, or, we can go talk? there. That's not a problem. Well, let's start off and kind of explain the way the world works. Okay. You have, we're going to be using some Latin today. And there's a reason that they use Latin in these kangaroo courts. You know, I call a maritime admiralty constructive contract and racketeering fraud kangaroo courts, star chambers for a reason. But Latin is one of the languages of that foreign court. And here's what you need to know, folks. Capitus diminutio minima, capitus diminutio media, and capitus diminutio maxima. Those are what you need to know because what you have to realize is each one of those words has a very significant meaning. And what that is is this. When you look at how your name 
quote unquote, is written, whether you're learning how to write it in school, whether you're writing it on a letter or whether you're sitting there looking at the uh, something that got mailed to you or your financial statements or your checking name, you know, those all have different capitalization and therefore they are not the same thing. <clears throat> so when we talk about capitis diminutio minima, that means maximum status. Okay. And that's critical. It's maximum status. That is your name, your first name in all lowercase letters. Now your last name is also known as your surname and that changes the whole world. My name is of course John. You recognize me as being John. I recognize you as being Matthew who goes by Matt for short. And having said all that, we know each other. But if you sit there and you put those two together, you have to realize that the last name is a surname. It's a family name. It does not identify you. Do you know how many John Lecrons are all out in the world? Quite a few to include not only my father, his father, and my son, but my son better have a boy, and he better name him John. <laughs> so uh, to, to keep that bloodline going, right? Yeah, that family fact. surname. So you follow through with something else. Now you see the name, how my name is written. First name, capital letter J. Last name, capital letter L. That is called capitis diminutio media. Now again. That has a meaning in the world. That means you do have some sovereignty, but at the same time, you are not the end all and be all for them. You do have debts that must be paid. Now, there's a reason that they teach you to do this thing when you go to your public school indoctrination centers. They have you do this very specifically for a reason. And why? Because they need to do this to get you into a form of a contract. Now, going on to capitis diminutio maxima. That stands for maximum loss of status in Latin. Okay? And I've explained it before, I believe, here on your show, and we'll explain it for the listeners again who may not have been there. There are only five things in all capital letters name can be. They are as follows. The name of a ship. The name of a corporation, the name of a dead body, the name of a slave, and a title to a cest q vi or proof of life trust. Now, again, you heard the Latin in the cest vi. That just stands for proof of life. Now, that all capital letters name is how the corporations interact with you. And again, recognize and realize, folks, this very simple truth that they have created this portion of the trust. And that's all it is, is a trust. That's all a corporation is, by the way, also. It's just a trust. And you are entitled to some of that proverbial trust. Now, you feed that trust through your energy, your life force energy, like I've talked about before. Again, the critical information that people need to have. You've heard me say it before, and I'll say it again. There is currently out there no such thing as money in their world. There is no such thing as money. What most people out there consider to be money 
are United States dollars, you know, one, whatever it might be, a peso. For them, that is their quote unquote money, but it is not money. Here in America, I tell people go to 12 United States Code 411. 12 United States Code 411. And do some research into it. Just read what it says. They are a negotiable debt instrument. Federal Reserve notes are a negotiable debt instrument and a liability to the United States Corporation. That's exactly what the 12 United States Code 411 means. It's your life force energy and my life force energy that gives value to those notes. Because after all, that's how most people get paid, right? So you sit there and you work and slave away for the man for the week. And then you get this check at the end of the week and you go cash it. And they hand you these little green pieces of cloth with dead presidents or other characters. (laughs) And you're sitting there looking at these things and say, I sacrificed to get this. No, I can go out and pay the rent. I can go put gas in the car. A lot harder nowadays, but that's beside the point. Uh, You know, buy some groceries, maybe even have a few extra dollars to take the girl out to uh, dinner or something like that. But the big picture is still the same. Their society, their world has been built off of these Federal Reserve notes. And having not knowledge changes your perspective because, again, We have to go back in history to figure out what happened. You had a criminal named uh, Abraham Lincoln. Now, this criminal named Abraham Lincoln did what I refer to as the War of Northern Aggression. Now, to finance his war, he created these green pieces of paper. Okay? And that financed his war. And the Confederates did it, too. So that's beside the point. And don't think I'm all in favor of the Confederates, either. There was a whole war that was started all over money. If you think it was about slavery, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the War of Northern Aggression was about slavery, but not the way you think it was. It was always about money, always has been about money. You've heard me say it before on this show. All wars are bankers' wars. That's the truth of the matter. And again, most people don't want to go there. But by having that little war... You finally had a bankruptcy that took place prior to that. That was the big issue when the South left the North. See, the South was being pillaged by the North, literally, because the Constitution, as you've heard me talk about, is simply this. It is a corporate charter. Okay. And now what was the reason for the creation of the corporate charter? Simple. It was very straightforward. It was to repay debt. You've heard me talk about the fact that a constitutor, what does that mean? Someone who agrees to pay the debts of another. Well, what debts were those? Those were the war reparations that were owed to England. And again, folks, you've probably not heard me talk about this, so I need you to listen to me very quick, carefully. I want you to look up the 1783 Peace Treaty. I want you to do it. I don't want you to sit there and think to yourself, well, they told me since I was in grade school that America won the Revolutionary War. Again, another banker's war, and I like to refer to that war in one particular thing. I call it America's first civil war, at least the America you and I know. So when we talk about that particular war and we look and see what the results of that war were, we have the peace treaty that tells us. So I'm going to just ask some simple questions for my uh, listeners here, folks. 
while you're reading that document, I want you to think about a few little details. First and foremost on that list is this particular one. Who's the individual writing it? See, that's a critical part for our position in this world. If we're not looking at who's writing it, we are not considering who the winner is. Okay? Because truth be told, winners do end up dictating the terms of the peace treaty. Now, what does it say? What's the very first things the winner of the peace treaty, writer of it, says? He's the king of England. Yes, okay, that's who's writing the document. But what also does it say? He's also the king of France. Well, who were our allies in the war of, quote-unquote, freedom that we celebrate every July the 4th? I'm here to tell you. The answer is very obvious, folks. It was the French that were our allies. They actually had a revolution in France after our revolution, and uh, it was uh, off with the heads. Why? Because of the debts the French went in to help finance the war against England through us. And again, if you don't know your history, you don't know these little details. So what happened after that point? You end up looking and seeing, okay, he calls himself the king of France now too. Now, does that sound like our allies won their war with England either? Um, not so much, does it? So the next question you have to ask, look at some of the other details in that document. He's telling people that they will be giving back to all those people who stayed loyal to the crown, to the king. He's telling them something. He says, hey, you are going to give back the land that got taken from these people that stayed loyal to me. And again, would we care what they thought of us? Think about it. <clears throat> we did it for a reason. We did it for a reason. And again, don't get me started. You know my attitude. All governments are about stealing things. But that's beside the point. The society that they were living in, we forget. Everybody thinks that it was a bunch of red coats were English people that came over to America and sat down there and uh, did their own thing and fought us in that proverbial way. Hold on one second, Matt. That's fine. You Wait, know, I'm, no. I'm trying to uh, get the Facebook comments up here also. And so I'm letting you know, everybody in Facebook land on the Matrix, I'm trying to grab that screen, the chat screen to put next to John. So just, just bear with me. John's going to continue to talk. He's doing a really fine job at it. That's why... I wanted him here to, to discuss this with me. The way you flow with this, I I know a little bit of that history, but not you do this quite often. <laughs> I don't do this often. My mind is so full of shit that I I talk about so much. I, I I haven't talked about this enough to just like let it roll off of my mouth. You are amazing. At, at, at sharing this I just want to let you know that and I appreciate you being here you're doing a fine job sharing, sharing this well again it's from experience but again having the knowledge makes all the difference once you put the pieces together so as you continue to read the document what else do you find well you have to pay back certain war reparations to England again if we, quote-unquote, lost the war with our neighbors down the street who were wearing red coats instead of being part of the uh, patriot movement, um, that should make you think a little bit about it. 
Now, in addition to that, what does it also say? They will not do a peace treaty with us. They would not. You have to do some research until they had won their war with France. Why is that? Because it was a two-directed war. They had to fight us over here in America, and they had to fight us in France. That's the truth of the matter. Now, so the next step is you discover this little detail. Once this peace treaty is signed, he agrees that he will pull out his armies, that's plural, and his navies, that's plural, from America and grant us, quote-unquote, certain rights. Now, again, does that sound like we won when there's armies and navies on our shores when we get told in our public school indoctrination centers that, hey, we won the war and sent the British back in? Yeah, no. Now, add one other detail to that. They agree to give us back our cannons. Isn't that nice of them? And they agree to give us back our forts. Now, again, does that sound like we won? Uh, No. Mm -mm. See, you have to realize back then there was no financing wars through fiat currencies. Okay, that was something that came out uh, more so under Lincoln. It was expensive to fight wars because they required gold and they required silver. They required all of these wonderful things that uh, aren't treated as money nowadays. But yet we treated it as such back then and they had respect for it. What happened? Well, we had reparations to pay. And remember, again, folks, look at your history. It called you a colony. What was a colony? It had loyalty to the king, first of all. It was a business enterprise where the king granted certain amounts of land for people. That's the facts. So all of these quote-unquote colonies, all they did is change the name to the word states. And they had war reparations to pay. Well, one of the biggest problems with the war reparations was not only were they expensive, but they couldn't get the states to go along with it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, they created this constitution, and it came out in when? 1787? Okay. And how long did it take to undermine it? Basically, immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, But again, it sounded great at the time. But remember, the original Constitution did not include the uh, first 10 amendments to the Constitution, i.e. the Bill of Rights. And states wouldn't go along with it until those were put in there. And again, why is that relevant? Because they needed to get it along. Now, people, again, believe that government grants them rights. Government doesn't grant squad. It takes things from you. It does not give them to you. And when we sit here and you, I like to put it this way, when you're busy uh, worshiping your slave master, when you go vote for him or her every election cycle, well, gee, you're just a party to their corporation. That's one of the ways they get you. That's how they get you into the mess that you're in now. You say, well, how come they can do this? And how come they can do that? Well, the truth of the matter is they got you a contract that you didn't know about. You know, when I talk about social insecurity, social insecurity is just that, folks. It's a giant pyramid scheme. Wake up to the scam. Oh, and it's for some more reinforcement on social insecurity issues about who is in charge of it, by the way. You'll love this, Matt. Okay. I once, I once shared a link. 
I once shared a direct link to the uh, English groups of uh, elected officials, if you will, where they were voting on American social security system. How did that happen, Matt? <laughs> I'm just asking. It wasn't a conspiracy theory. It was a direct link to the talking heads discussing American social security. I don't know how that would. I, 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 but good question. Now, go ahead. That's a good question. I don't know. Okay. Now, moving on then. So what happened in 1812? And again, this begs the argument. We're just talking a couple decades later, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we supposedly got into a war with England because they were busy hijacking uh, some of our uh, <clears throat> fellow uh, Americans that spoke English a little bit too much like an Englishman. So they were press ganged, key word there, press ganged to serve the British Navy. Well, that wasn't acceptable. But as with all wars, what have you heard me say? All wars are bankers' wars, right? Yep. So we have once again this proverbial instance where now we have yet another war. <clears throat> now, again, look at the peace treaty of the war of 1812 i like to call that america's second civil war so when you turn around and you do that and you ask the question well what's going on here you discover some things it's still all it did is went right back to the original peace treaty with england and says okay everything that was discussed back in the original peace treaty is back as normal okay see Wars are expensive, like I said a little bit ago, but if you're controlling the budget, which of course they were, who was getting repaid, oh, that would be the King of England and his cronies, and of course, the story goes from there. Now, one other thing, (coughs) and I'm sorry I'm having a short thought here, I can't think of the name of the treaty, but the treaty... Uh, was actually talked about in the Congress back in, uh, I believe it was the mid-1800s. There was a secret treaty of Verona, I think is what it was called. The secret treaty of Verona. And what it was, it was an agreement between the Vatican and the King of England, or, or the various kings of Europe, not to put up with the fact that this little upstart country was starting to become a world power, which it was. Now, what was that little agreement to do everything to undermine it? So what did they do? Oh, they established the foundation for the third civil war, a.k.a. the war of northern aggression. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. But we don't know our history, so we don't know that little detail. Now, everybody says, well, it's all the Confederates' fault. They fired first on Fort Sumter. Now, I'm going to ask you a couple small details that I would like everybody to really think about because they're true, and truth, of course, goes against their narrative. Now, to begin with, the very first court case that dealt with slavery in America, the very first one going way back, was a white man who had been enslaved by a black man who'd met his obligations under the contract to be his press gang slave because it was a contract. And he decided, okay, the contract's finished. I've met my obligations. Now I'm going to go work for somebody else. Well, that someone else appreciated this new employee and was, of course, paying him. 
Well, this black slave master didn't appreciate the slave meeting his obligations and then leaving. So therefore, he had a court case created. And you know what the courts decided? The slave was forever a slave to the black man. Oh, we don't want to talk Did about you, that. Yeah, one's they, that one's a rabbit oh. hole right there, bro. That 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 one, that one's a rabbit hole because they don't want to just they don't they don't want to know about that, and we are like really interested in that, but again, they don't want us to know that. Okay, but it's definitely 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 a deep rabbit hole right there. That the white the white man was the first slaves. Actually, let's just say men, men in general. But the white man was the first traded. They don't. That's a, oh, keep keep going. This is really getting good. This is the oh shit. Oh yeah, you know, don't go down those rabbit holes and speak actual truths because again, one of the things they did was they cleaned off the streets of England and uh, some of these other more annoying places. And in turn, when they did that little detail, they just threw them all in a ship and sent them over to the quote-unquote new world. And mm -hmm. said, well, you know, good luck to you. <laughs> it literally was that. But I mean, look, you got to share share something with you right real quick. Since you're on that note, you, you, put them on, you put them on a ship and send them to the new world. My history, this is why I like, I will challenge a lot of these fake, these fake people here on the internet. My name, my name comes with a really, really strong foundation of this. I know that we took over this country. We didn't own it. We, we literally slaughtered millions to get it. But, but my, my, my name, my last name, John Turner, John Turner it was the captain of what's called the Mayflower Compact. Okay. That is my 17th great-grandfather. Now, it's just coincidence, okay? This man was put in prison not just once, but twice for trying to, uh, de they, they called it destabilize the political narrative at the time, okay? That was one time. The other time he was thrown in prison for trying to destabilize religion, saying, believe what you want to believe. It's okay. Who gives a shit? You are a sovereign being. Who does that sound like? Mm -hmm. Okay, the apple don't fall too far from the grandfather tree. Yeah. Exactly. 17 generations deep. I'm still talking about the same shit that they persecuted my family for. In fact, the captain, they killed him at sea. Plus his two boys. Jeez, very interesting. Yeah. Right. Very interesting story. Mm-hmm. Plus stole his mansion that he built in Salem. Okay. Oh, this this my my family story goes I've got a long history with this shit show that's going on. So you just keep on a going. I'm sorry to, to get you derailed, buddy. It's all good, man. I'm glad you brought it up because, again, it's important because that gives me the opening to remind everybody, uh, folks, the Mayflower Compact was a contract. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it was a contract, and it had to be what? Honored. Uh-huh. But we don't want to talk about that either because, again, we get told that uh, we have this quote-unquote constitution, but in truth of the matter is, they tell us we have something that we never did. They have created something and put it forward and said, this is what it is. And I'll get into all that in a minute too. 
But going back to the war of northern aggression, what took place before the firing of Fort Sumter? Several things. Abraham Lincoln was elected president of the corporation. Remember, he did not meet the criteria. He was a 13th Amendment. Listen to me carefully. <clears throat> he was not capable of being president of the country because of the 13th Amendment. Now you say, John, the 13th Amendment didn't come out until after he was dead. Bull. Do your research, folks. It was called the Title of Nobility Act. And Abraham Lincoln had a title of nobility. He was a bar member, British Accreditation Regency. He was a attorney for the bar. And again, by the way, and a little side note there, he also defended a uh, slave master at one point. <laughs> There were many okay. people whenever whenever Lincoln was shot there. Okay, whenever Lincoln was shot, a lot of people think that it was just one man that shot him. When there was a whole conspiracy of different people that was really, really wanting to shoot his ass. They were wanting him dead. So it wasn't no, just I'm one person. It was many. Exactly. And I'll give you a little detail in on that also. There was a court case prior to the war, prior to him being president, when mm -hmm. he was defending a Catholic priest who was wrongly being accused of a crime um, by a couple other Catholic priests. And very bad things were going to happen to him. Mm -hmm. But what ended up happening is there was a witness, a female witness. And again, we'll get into that in a little bit. But the female witness actually overheard those two priests conspiring against this other priest. And the problem was that they were trying to get rid of that priest. Now, what ended up happening was because Lincoln did his job as the attorney and uh, brought in the evidence and all that kind of stuff, he was found not guilty of the crime that he had been accused of. And the two priests, of course, ran because back then there was extreme punishment for lying under oath. Now, I want you to ask yourself this question. Do you know where the word testimony comes from, Matt? Testimony? Test? I, I don't. Here's what, again, you don't get taught in any school. Now, usually it was just a man that was capable of discussing things in a courtroom and testifying. You had to hold your testes in your hand while you were testifying. That was to remind you what would happen if you were lying. Okay? And again, people don't know the history. Words have meanings. One of the key points we brought out on this show before words have meanings folks and if you don't know the origin of those words or what's being said don't think for a minute that they're speaking english in these maritime admiralty constructive contract and racketeering fraud kangaroo court star chambers they're not they're not they're speaking a foreign language called legalese now going back to our opening shots at fort sumter well here's what happened prior to that this man pretending to be president decided that he was going to raise an army because he didn't like his cash cow leaving the union because the cash cow was how they were making their war reparations to England. Now this wasn't very nice and the money was in the South, not the North. Yes, the North did have factories and stuff like that, but that was not the end all and be all. 
Mm-hmm. The actual old money was in the south. Now, so he raised his army and some Union troops snuck into Fort Sumter on Christmas Day. And it was just a few of them and locked the doors behind them. Now, the Confederates walked up and says, hey, guys, listen, we'll pay for your trip back north. You know, just leave. This is sovereign territory now. We own it. This is our location. And again, if you don't know how important Fort Sumter was, you cannot comprehend. Back then, folks, the Navy and the ability to bring goods and services in and out of a country was all based on the Navy. Okay? The inner inner riverways and the Navy itself because the South was trading with England. Now, remember, they're playing both sides of the fence here. If you went to England, they were talking really bad things about that damn Yankee Lincoln over in Great Britain. Now, why was that? Because he had created this Federal Reserve note that wasn't a Federal Reserve note at the time. It was just their green currency, okay, the Lincoln dollar. And what ended up happening, they saw that as a write-off, okay? They weren't borrowing from us anymore. Oh, we can't have that. And, you know, they were giving lip service, basically, to the South. And that's the problem. <coughs> but on that same note, so you had now this fort that was occupied by Union troops. And you had this Navy and this Army that were on the move. And the Navy was blockading without without congressional approval southern ports. Again, we don't want to talk about that slight detail. Now, when did they actually fire on Fort Sumter? What was the final straw? The first ship to rearm and restack and put troops into Fort Sumter from the north had arrived. They had no choice but to fire. They begged. They pleaded. They said, please go away. They didn't do the final firing until the ship was offshore and they had to do something because the the clock had run out. They tried to do it peacefully. These people were trespassing on southern soil. And again, don't get me started. Now, going back to what you were talking about <clears throat> a few minutes ago, when we had Lincoln coming out of that courthouse after having that uh, individual uh, get uh, released for being proven that he did not do the crimes that the uh, other two priests had accused him of, The man was crying, and Lincoln was very interested. He made some comment to him. He says, why are you crying? You're free. You're good. And I'm paraphrasing here. But he says, I'm not crying for me, the priest did. He says, I'm crying for you. And this, of course, confused Lincoln to no end. He says, why? He says, because those Jesuits, those were Jesuits. Those were Jesuits. I heard you. Sitting in those bleachers watching the proceedings. And they wanted him dead. Mm-hmm. Now, you can, you can find a quote. You can find the quote where Lincoln talks about his greatest fear. He says his greatest fear wasn't even the Southerners. It was the Jesuits. Going back to you talking about the Lincoln assassination, again, people, you have to realize there was not one individual that was supposed to be assassinated that day. There were four. 
there were four, and it was a direct tie to the Jesuits, a direct tie to the Roman Catholic Church. This is why they broke with the church for over a century mm -hmm. in America. And again, we don't want to talk about that either. But going back to that, so who were the other people they were trying to assassinate? Vice President Johnson. That was one. His, um. guy, his guy cowered out. Next, you had uh, General Grant. Your, his guy didn't get a chance to get at him because he had left town. And then you had Seward, Secretary of State Seward. And they did get to him, but he survived the attack. You have to know your history, people. Go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, the, um, the, the the Masonic connection here is deep, and a lot of people don't realize that. We'll talk about that later, or we'll talk about the connection, the Masonic connection to all of this on another show, because that, that alone, that alone is uh, an entire two hours. We can literally tell you and talk about from the Rosicrucian, okay, which was the creation therein of the England foreign invasion to the, you, you mentioned um, the French, all, all of these things tie back into England, oh, England, England, the Rosicrucian, England and the Masonic, te the Templar. That's another one. Okay. And all of these things, again, you, you've got, you've heard me, John say, we're not just the, the, the everybody likes to say that the good verse, this is where we're in a good versus evil fight. Definitely true. But, but, there's only so many factions in this fight, and there's two, two factions, and them factions stem back from, and I guess it would be like, uh, how, how do you say it, like uh, po different pockets of regimes, maybe, because it's not, well, it's not just built, it's not it's fabricated, we've got a one world government, yet we don't. There's two factions fighting for the struggle over the power and the death of the human of people. They either way, they want you, they want you domicile. They want to control you, or they want you dead and out of their way. One of the two. That's correct, Matt. And again, if you don't know your history, all you have to do is sit there and look at the wars for the last few hundred years, and you will see again direct ties. Now you're old enough. I'm sure you've heard in the past this thing called "All roads lead to Rome." Mm -hmm. I know I heard that from when I was a little boy. Now, back then, I I knew it. I knew the saying, and I knew all the things that uh, I was being taught were about the uh, evil of the Roman Catholic Church. Now, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who don't think I'm sitting here beating up on the average man or woman who attends the Roman Catholic service, that's a different animal. So we have to explain a little bit of what's really going on because the Roman, the average Roman Catholic is enslaved the same way the rest of the planet is. Absolutely. Absolutely. To be their slave. You have to realize there are three city states that rule this planet. Three city states that rule this planet. They are the Vatican. They are... The city of London, now that's not the whole of London, that's a one square mile where even the queen or the king has to get permission to go there. Uh-huh, look that little detail up. And there's one more city-state out there. And ladies and gentlemen, do you know what that city-state is? 
Can you guess what it might be? Drum roll, please. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Washington, the district of criminals. What is a district? Something smaller of a bigger thing. What is the flag for the district of criminals? Three red stars. Controlled by nobody. Catholic BS. It's all gods all over that. All of it, including the uh, giant penis that sits in the middle of Washington, D.C. and all these other places. That's not a coincidence, folks. It's not. Now, to explain what's going on with regards to the three city-states, all roads lead to Rome. Fact number one, that means that's who's pulling the strings. The city of London, what is their job? Twofold. That is the legal center, Bar Mafia, British Accreditation Regency. That is also the financial center. Okay, and we'll get into a little bit about that 1783 peace treaty in a minute. Now, so what does that leave? Oh, well, that leaves Washington, the district of criminals. What are they? The Pentagon. It's the military arm of it. Have you noticed how Americans have been fighting everybody's wars? Oh, for the last couple hundred years? Did any of this hurt anybody? You enjoy being other people's whipping boys? You enjoy your call to arms to what I say, you know, finance the military industrial complex and the Vatican bankers. And that's literally what you do because it's your army that finances and controls the value of your currency. That's a fact. Now, so also when you think about it a little bit, you have been taught that, oh, Washington, D.C. is king. Everything that comes out of Washington, D.C., we must bow down to. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, you can't find the video anymore because they killed my YouTube channel. But I told people before the 6th of January, don't go up there. There was a trap, not, first of all. And second of all, you don't belong there. Now, there is, remember, we talk legalese here all the time. I tell people, use the word domicile. Use the word domicile. But they don't use the word domicile, do they? What is your residence? That's the question that they ask you. Folks, if you don't know what legalese word residence means, you fall into their trap. You have a residence that's a temporary dwelling place. Where's your permanent dwelling place if you're a United States citizen, 14th Amendment corporate debt slave? Washington, the District of Criminals. That's your home planet your home country, not Tennessee, not Florida, not Georgia, not Texas or California. That's the facts, folks. Go ahead, Matt. So hang on right there because let's break that down even more, okay? Again, you got to go back to the... Now let's just go into the connection of how we as citizens are connected to D.C., okay, and brought into this fraudulent, fictitious, again, the straw man. It comes back to this fictitious character of who we are on this land, okay, or this playing field, proverbial chessboard, because that's the what, that's what it is, John. And a lot of people don't realize that 
they govern themselves. They govern themselves. We are a, we are independent states, okay, with our own constitution. We've got our own bill of rights. We've got our own paperwork. We've got our own, you know what I'm saying? The, the, our forefathers set this up. It's like they knew, they our forefathers kind of knew what the hell was going to happen. Do you agree with that? They knew. So, again, the Federal Reserve in this current sea that we're on is dictated by them. Okay? But, again, this is an illusion. They've got all of this, all of the banks, the, our, our, like, little, our, our little banks, okay, in, in, in New York, in New Jersey, Ohio, all of the different states, they've got them under an FDIC, federally secured, right? And again, the citizens put that money into a secured bank, but again, not really, they're independently controlled, but the central, the, the central bank is that way. It's controlled by them, not by an independent state. And what sucks is it's private. It's owned by private corporations. All leading back to like BlackRock and all that other bullshit. And we're buying into it. And the more the more you listen to what John's saying, you, the more you'll understand. He's breaking it down into um, terminology, verbiage that the layman, I'm not saying calling, I'm not calling y'all layman's. I'm just saying that we can actually grasp. When you see the timeline, it's easy enough to see. Now, I do not like the word citizen. That is, again, a Roman term, and it basically means a slave, a little bit higher than a slave. That would be the uh, capitalist diminutio media, okay? Not somebody that is sovereign with their own rights and sovereignty. Mm. So in order to get to the point that you're wanting me to go to, we're just going to pick right up where we left off, go back to the War of Northern Aggression. So the Union Army is, quote-unquote, supposedly won the war because of the decisions that were made. The South was basically at its end. It had no way to finance its war, and it had no uh, army continuously growing. What they were doing up in the North was they were blockading the southern ports. And by the way, one of the individuals that was helping to blockade the ports, oh, that would have been the Russian little interesting thing that you might not be aware of, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. The Russians helped blockade those ports. Oh, that goes right back to that little secret treaty of Rona, don't it? Anyway, <clears throat> the point. So, you had Lincoln shot. The vice president, Johnson, who was a southerner, by the way, who'd stayed loyal to the Union. Now, what did they do to this southerner that stayed loyal to the Union and actually won re-election with Lincoln in the North? And by the way, folks, if you don't know that Lincoln was a war criminal, look what he did to the people that disagreed with him in the North. He had people executed because they disagreed with him. Well, if you were a newspaper publisher and you had something nasty to say about him, he nailed <clears throat> and had you killed. Now, does that sound like he was a nice guy? Did he agree with the right to, uh, you know, maybe disagree with your political adversaries and, you know, let's sit down and have a real conversation with somebody and maybe come to an agreement we can both get along with? No, it doesn't do any of those things. He just says, oh, you don't like my tyrannical 
barbaric ways of running the country, <laughs> I got something for you. Yeah. So anyway, after Lincoln is dead, and I have zero problem with him being killed, by the way, I think uh, there's this wonderful thing called karma, and he deserved every bit of it. Other than I think he should have probably suffered even longer, but that's besides the <laughs> All right, personal biases, okay? I think hey, scumbags need to be treated that way. He's just being like, he's just being, uh, he's telling you how he feels. <laughs> yeah, I have a few opinions. Now, on that same note, so what happened? Well, now we had these supposedly free slaves, okay? And we had these defeated Confederates. Now, what had to happen? Well, in order to get your quote-unquote rights back as a Confederate that used to fight for the Confederacy, you had to do what, Matt? Do you remember what they insisted that you do? What's that? I'm sorry. I'm trying to build a screen here. It's, it's okay. Don't worry about it. They had you simply agree in contract, in contract, that you would not raise your hand in war again against the North. They oh, yeah, got yeah, yeah. your loyalty oath. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, your loyalty oath. Now, did you and I take a loyalty oath, Matt? No. Every I, day? No, yeah. I want you to think a little bit about that before you arbitrarily say no. Well, did I? I or pledge allegiance <laughs> to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic oh, yeah. which stands. Oh, yeah, yeah, now, okay, yeah. But here's the thing. Think about this. Is America a republic? No, it's a dictatorship, and it has been. It lost its status as a republic decades ago, and I would argue well over a century ago. Okay, so what happened after the War of Northern Aggression? They created this brand new creature that had never existed before. It had never existed before to put the newly freed slaves into. They called them a United States citizen. And then they did the 13th and 14th Amendment with a brand new constitution. <laughs> again, people don't realize there was a bankruptcy in 1861. That was the whole reason for the war because the bills couldn't get paid. It was stealing by bankers, okay? But Again, you have to know your history. You have to realize the economic crashes that happened, why they happened, the gold was being stolen. Well, again, so what happens after the creation of this brand new creature, a United States citizen? Well, game on. Johnson gets impeached because he's not willing to put up with the garbage that they're trying to shove down the American people's throat. Because why? He was an old stool old school constitution guy he was old school constitution and wasn't going to put up with the crap that they were trying to shove down their throat so what ended up happening they impeached now he avoided getting completely impeached it was a uh, down to one vote and the guy was uh, somebody that knew him well and says i'm not going to vote to impeach this guy he's a good man and he was a good man there was a lot that he was very much good with he cared about people as most of these people actually did that fought their little war. Now, go so from the next step. They create this, what they call the crime of 73. 
the crime of 73. So we're talking eight years from the last shots being fired in 1865 to the crime of 1873. Now you say, John, what's that? Easy. They screwed with the economic system again. No surprise there. Prior to that, there was basically an interchange between gold and silver. They were interchangeable. At the time, it was about 15 ounces of silver for one ounce of gold, which coincidentally matched the amount of gold and silver that was in the ground. And if you look in the Constitution, it gave you a very direct definition of what a dollar was. It gave you a direct definition of a lot of things to include what money was. But when they had this crime of 73, what they did was they made only gold money. Now, this was great for the bankers who had the gold, but this was horrid for the people that had been paying their debts off with the silver that they had, especially out west. This was atrocious. This was a... Bankers haven't changed their plans ever, Matt. It's always the same. I call it vulture economics because that's all it is. Put people into debt, then pull the rug out from under them. That's all these bankers ever do. That's all they've ever done. So after the crime of 1873, you have this crash of the economy in a very big way. And the bankers are busy buying up everything. Now you roll around into the new century... You've got um, the Rothschilds are playing their little game over in Europe, but they've got a stooge over here in America. Okay? That's Rockefeller, or that's uh, J.P. Morgan. And folks, everybody was very interested when J.P. Morgan died because they wanted to know how rich he was. Seems he wasn't quite as rich as everybody thought he would be. Why? Because he was a puppet of the Rothschilds. Now, going back to what we were discussing earlier in the show with regards to that little revolution that happened in France because they went broke supporting America in our fight against the English. Well, guess what? Something else happened at that time, too. The execution of all these people was important. But there was a certain battle that took place with England. Very important battle. Certain short French general, again, financed by the Vatican. Oh, Vatican has nothing to do with history at all. Rothschild walked into the uh, um, trading floors right after the Battle of Waterloo. Mm-hmm. And he told his people, sell everything. Stocks, bonds, everything goes. It's fire sale time. Now, he'd gotten word that the English had actually won the battle. But he walked in saying, oh, woe is me. Let it all go. Fire sale. Crash, 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 crash. That's right. And then he turned around and told his boys, now go buy it back. Of course, they were buying it back a lot cheaper than they sold it earlier today. Because it tanked. Where have we seen that before 1929? Um, Ladies and gentlemen, going back to the what? 1783 Peace Treaty again. One of the things that they were taught, King of England said he was, he was the Vatican's banker. Again, critically important knowledge 
Now, what happened when Rothschild walked into that? He ended up with the Bank of England. Oh, how interesting is that, huh? So guess who became the Vatican's new banker? Oh, boy. Isn't this juicy little details, huh? Didn't know about that, choir boy. Definitely didn't know about that shit. Facts, my friend. All relevant. So, going from that point now, <clears throat> gold is now the uh, money. And if you've heard me in recent times, you know, I sit here and I tell people gold is the banker's money, silver is the people's money, and debt is the slave's money. What's in your wallet? Because a Federal Reserve note, first of all, a Federal Reserve note, what is a note? It's a debt instrument, right? Now, banks don't lend money. Banks don't lend money, but that's beside the point. The whole problem you have, though, is now you have a system that was established in 1913. Now, the Federal Reserve system, if you've not read uh, G. Edward Griffin's book, on the Federal Reserve, please do. Please do. The creatures from Jekyll Island. Okay? And there's other people that have written about it as well. Again, critically important for people to know. Now, read the book. But realize that even back then, there were bankers who were dead set against the system. The same way there are bankers right now that are dead set against the central bank digital currency. Why? Because their banking system is changing over and these banks won't survive the same way the banks from 1933 when they shut them down that day and came back a couple weeks later, most of those small banks were gone. They're going to do the same thing in 2022 or 2023. Nothing changes. The playbook these people are using is old as time memorial, near as I can tell, because they do it every so often. And they make a fortune because they end up taking everything. Again, what did the Rothschild say? He said, simply give me control of a nation's currency. I care not who makes its laws. Mm -hmm. take, every, take everything from us. And within 100 years, we will get it all back. He wasn't kidding. Out of what? Fiat currency. Worthless something. So anyway, you had the system that crashed. After uh, circa 1907, there was another recession, and J.P. Morgan came in and bailed out United States, Inc. And again, people don't know that dirty little detail. <laughs> no. Don't you think that gave him an inroad? I think that's the reason J.P. Morgan has been controlling the silver market now, including manipulated the price downward for over a century. I don't think that's a coincidence. Okay. Now, going back to what I said before, silver and gold out of the ground was about 15 to 1. And in the crime of 1873, they made gold money only, exclusively. Silver could no longer be used to pay back a debt. Now, why is that important to today? In 2022, why is that important today? Remember, folks, I told you I was going to give you things that will help you. And I'm about to give you a big one. Do you know how much silver there is in the ground compared to gold in 2022, Matt? No, sir. Eight to one. What? Did you hear the number? 
eight to one. Damn. There's eight ounces of silver in the ground for every one ounce of gold. Yet at this point in time, on the fiat paper currency market, I call it the Crimex. It's called the Comex, but I call it the Crimex. It's trading at $20 an ounce. Damn. Gold is at what? Right around $1,750, $1,800 an ounce? Something like that. It varies. Again, it's, it's a big joke. It is a very big joke. Because either gold is way underpriced, and it's not compared to a fiat currency called a dollar, which is dying or almost dead. Or silver is way underpriced. Now, I'd like, I just go do a search for me, please, ladies and gentlemen. Just do this dirty little search for me. Just one little search. Go on to your favorite search engine spy device and type in graph gold to silver ratio. Gold we can do that. You want to do that? Silver ratio. We can do that. Okay, go ahead and do that, Matt. Yeah, we can do that. Definitely do that. So, I'm going to uh, bring up that screen right there, and uh, we'll go back there. All right, so I'm looking for graph. Gold to silver ratio graph. Ratio chart. Okay. Now, am I doing uh, an image? Am I showing images here? Go ahead. Let's go to JM Bullion. I think we should be able to be able to do it there. Okay. Uh, okay. What is the gold to silver ratio? Um, scroll down a little bit. Is it? It's not telling us what it is. Um, basically, in a nutshell, you're looking. For, go ahead and type in the word graph. Then it's not. There we go. <clears throat> gold price one thousand seven ninety seven. Silver twenty fifty eight, right, very right. top. It's right there. And and the fizz, yeah, but that's not what I'm looking for. But in a nutshell, I'm going to just put in what your listeners need to know because we really need to get moving on. Um, in the last five years, in the last five years, there was a high gold to silver ratio of one hundred and twenty five ounces of silver for one ounce gold, and a low of thirty three ounces of silver for one ounce gold. Okay. Scroll down a little bit more, please. Now, what is the timeline on that? Okay, it is from two thousand. There's two thousand, October two thousand eight, two thousand twenty. So we're watching here. Is well, from, go to, yeah, go to uh, the uh, low point right there. A little bit more. Yeah, well, too much. Go right. Thirty one point six. Okay, so if you would prefer to have gold, you want to buy gold when you it only costs you 31 ounces of silver rather when it's currently at about what 68, 69 times. Damn. Mm hmm. Okay, and notice, ladies and gentlemen, do you see that graph right there? The ups and downs like a yo yo. Look at it from going all the way back. Look at that gold to silver ratio. Okay, uh, 19. Look at uh, 67, all the way down to like 15 to 1. Oh, coincidence. That was about the time of what? 
Well, when they took away gold in 1933, because what was the first thing that FDR did? He took away people's gold and gold certificates. Notice I said certificates. I didn't say notes because those were a claim on gold. That was a gift to his banker buddies. Um, when FDR became president in 1933, and there were basically two very important things. He was the most treasonous president. He makes Abraham Lincoln look like a good guy. That's how bad he was. The very first thing he does, and again, folks, you've got to go to YouTube to hear him say this because you cannot find it on any website that has the printed version of his inauguration speech in 1933. But if you go there, you will discover that his opening speech, after saying some nice things to a couple people that are around him, he says, today is a day of national consecration. Today is a day of national consecration. And like I said, you will not find that in any printed version. But you can go directly to the YouTube and find a inauguration speech of him, and you will hear him say those words. Now, why do they not want us looking and reading that text? Oh, because it might cause us to start asking questions. Well, the good news, ladies and gentlemen, is this. I'm going to tell you what he's saying, even though it seems very confusing. Today, meaning that moment in time in 1933, is a day of national. Now, what is the nation? Everybody thinks the nation is the country. No, folks, it's the corporation masquerading as government. It's all been put into trust, and I'll explain that in a minute. What is consecration, folks? It's a key word. You, you, unifying unity, kind of becoming one. Is that right? It means you're working for the church. Vatican banking anybody? <laughs> oh boy. Everything makes perfect sense when you know your history. Lauren says, Beck, as I was going through that graph, and she's seen it. Uh, man, those fuckers must have been laughing all the way to the bank. You betcha. Folks, I'm betcha. telling you right now, the smart money, the smart money is buying silver hand over fist. Now, you're not going to buy it for $20 an ounce. It's going to cost you between $26 and $27 an ounce right now. That's the physical market, not the fake market. Um, for every one ounce... Uh, that they have in physical possession, the, it is estimated they have a hundred ounce claims against every one ounce that they actually have possession of. The COMEX is going to fail. The LBMA over in England is going to fail, ladies and gentlemen. I've been following silver since I was eight. I'm in my early 50s now. That should tell you a little something. I have never been more bullish. And you want to know who else is bullish on silver right now? Who's been bearish on silver for decades? Matt, can you guess for an instant who might have gone bullish on silver who's been bearish for decades? Probably our, our own government, bro. The same bankers that have been suppressing the price of silver are now silver bulls. Now... Mm. If that isn't a big flag that says, hello, time to get involved, maybe you need to think about that. Now, we don't give financial advice here, but what would you rather have in your wallet? 
a pretty little piece of silver or a piece of paper that always goes to its intrinsic value. Actually, it's a piece of cloth with green ink that always goes to its intrinsic value. Zero! You want to know what the world of America is going to look like in the next few years? Go look up the Weimar Republic, ladies and gentlemen. Not a joke. Not a joke at all. Now, going back to our history books again. So, uh, Morgan bails out the banks. And here's the next thing that happens that's critically important, absolutely critically important. The year is 1912. And a certain uh, ship, it's been called... The Unsinkable. Yeah, exactly. God himself couldn't sink this bitch. Nope. But here's the thing. Again, if you don't know that there was a scam behind that and the ship that actually sunk that day wasn't the Titanic, but it was her sister ship that had been damaged by the uh, uh, English Navy and the English Navy didn't want to pony up, so they tolerated this. And, of course, J.P. Morgan, who was a stockholder in this company of White Star, I mean, he banked really well with the sinking of this ship. But what did he do? He invited all the major bankers including all those who were dead set against the Federal Reserve and says, come on, let's take a trip on my ship. Now, I think you and I talked about this the last time we were on the show, okay? So I'm not going to do anything else than to cover the real high points. Long story short, there was a ship waiting for that quote-unquote unsinkable Titanic to arrive so they could offload some of the passengers and in the confusion kill off a few bankers. Because, coincidentally, J.P. Morgan, at his last minute, decided to pull all of his stuff off of that ship. Stuff He didn't need to be on the ship for it to arrive back in, uh, you know, over in the States. But no, he knew that ship was going straight to the bottom. So he pulled his stuff out. Now, when he did that, and he hung out with his girlfriend, not his wife, they, of course, uh, went and finally found him and started asking him about the Titanic and stuff like that. And then again, if you look into the history of the two inquiries into the Titanic sinking, and again, I use the word Titanic in quotation marks, because <laughs> what happened is this. The ship that went down, we have video of it now. Now, the ships originally had um, steel plates with the name on them, okay? But in this case, it was covered up with wood. But the quote-unquote Titanic that was sitting at the bottom of the ocean, which we have video of, oh, coincidentally, wait a minute, there's a letter that doesn't go in Titanic. What? What? Because the wood had rotted off. Oh, well, you know. This is, this is conspiracy. Yeah, right. yeah. It's all just conspiracy theory, man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, bankers are always going to be bankers. Stealing and murder are normal for bankers. I need people to get that through their thick skulls. It would really help me if they would do that. It would help me a lot. And it would help you, too. Because, ladies and gentlemen, you're the ones that enslave yourself, folks. You're the ones that enslave yourself. Don't blame the guy in the White House or at least the three or five people pretending to be the guy in the White House for your problems. The United States is a federal corporation. The word federal means by agreement or by contract. 
And a corporation is self-explanatory. It is nothing more than a trust. Tw okay. 28 United States Code 411. Or 28 United States Code 3002, Section 15A. 28 United States Code 3002, Section 15A. Look it up, folks. I just told you what it said. The United States is a federal corporation. And I defined what federal and corporation means. Okay? So when you're tying into the United States Corporation, you've been press ganged. Oh, there's that word we used earlier in the show to serve the corporation. And you, by your own agreement, because you have a Social Security card, right? And that Social Security card, you look into it, it says you have to be a what? Employee of the United States to have the Social Security card to begin with. Now, they had to finance the system because after 1933, everybody was broke. Now, what did the bankers do? FDR, he was a banker. He was a New York banker. No coincidence there, of course. And his banker buddies at J.P. Morgan and all these other criminal bankers. And remember, all of that has direct ties to Vatican banking. It's European bankers. It was never an American production. Never an American production. Now, what happened? When they took over, gold was at $20.63 an ounce. That's where it was at. Yet at the same time, all the people who believed in their government because they trusted their government the same way the fools of today trust theirs. They turned in their gold, the physical metal, because back then people still had it. What year was this, John? 1933. The gotcha. very first the very first act that he did after his inauguration speech when he enslaved the country and Check turned yourself. all the American people turned all the American people and all of their property into surety of the United States Corporation. Okay? I'm showing a graph here. I'm looking at what you're sharing. Yeah, it was 75.63. Do you see that sharp jump? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah hang on one second. Let me go, let me tour, share this with everybody here. Because, again, that way they can, they can like literally see it for themselves. Because that's a that's a drastic jump. Nine in nineteen thirty one, it was going right there seventy seven ninety from fifty four. So literally one year, one year. Look at that shit. Nineteen thirty one to nineteen thirty. Look at that spike. Remember, gold was still money back then. All contracts had a gold clause in them. All contracts had a gold clause in them. And when if, um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt did his garbage, that gold clause got voided. Now, what made it important? Why did it jump that way? Simple. Because gold is money to the bankers. Silver was not. That meant it's like now times. Okay. What is the way to control people? Food. Mm -hmm. What is the way to control countries? Two ways. Either through their currency or through oil. Okay. Again, critically important. So after that happened, where everybody turned into gold and the gold certificates, they changed the price of silver from of gold from twenty dollars and sixty-three cents 
to $35. Now, that was a huge windfall from the bankers. It was a huge windfall for United States Incorporated. It was a ripoff of the American people of their money when that happened because they debased the currency. They debased your currency. And when you get to the point where you see they're playing the same game over and over and over again, what are they doing now? They're debasing the currency and telling you there's no such thing as inflation. Oh, it's only running about 7 or 8%, and it's only going to be here for a short period of time. <laughs> I promise. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, look up, some, look up a website. Pull this up for me, Matt. What are we doing? <clears throat> Shadow Stats. Dot com shadow stats all one word s h a d o w shadow stats stats.com okay. .com ladies and gentlemen you need to make this one of your regular stops this gives you the real world numbers, folks. Inflation is running at about 18%, give or take one or two percentage points, not the eight that they're pretending. Now, yeah, they charge you a fee if you want to go deeper into it, but they give you more than enough free content that you don't have to subscribe. Just know that they're destroying the dollar. The dollar's already dead. It's just on life support <clears throat> right now, and they're using every dollar that they're creating to buy up everything of value. You have to realize this, okay? Connie Reguli, she's an attorney here in uh, Tennessee, and you folks know I'm not too fond of attorneys. I love Connie. She's a sweetheart. She's the only attorney I know who's ever gone to jail for her client, and she just had a video a, a couple days ago on Facebook where she was showing where they were coming in and spending millions on tiny little parcels of land where there was no justification for the money that was being spent. Folks, they are stealing everything. Everything. And you have to realize this. And if you're going to put your faith and your trust in your stocks, and you don't own any stocks, folks. Slaves don't own anything. If you're going to put your trust in a fiat currency, you've already lost this battle. I need everybody to listen to, if you're going to get anything from the show tonight, I need you to listen to me right here, right now. You will not and have not been unscathed by what has happened up to this point. Everybody has been affected, some a whole lot worse than other words, in what they've done. You will not survive unscathed, but here's the secret. The secret isn't to survive unscathed. The secret is to have the least amount of damage done to you. And the only way to do that is to be awake and absolutely aware of what is exactly going on. The truth of the matter is, your life is in danger. You are in the middle of a war whether you recognize it or not. And you have to get that through your skull. It is critical information you have to have. Whether you're looking at the chemtrails, the GMO foods, if you're looking at the uh, different medications that they're using you know all of this stuff is an agenda it's to kill you because they can no longer afford to take care of you see they've made promises that they can't keep 
they can't meet their obligations. Social insecurity, I've been calling it social insecurity since the 90s, early 90s. Okay? I, Matt, no joke. I, I was in a college course, okay, and they wanted me to do a, like a four-page report on something I wanted to study, and I said, "Okay, I'm going to do I'm going to study social security," because I I remember when I was in high school there was a uh, question that had been asked for our generation, and they asked us which they expected first to get our check from social security first or meet an alien on our front lawn, and our generation was astute enough to choose. We will probably meet an alien on our front lawn before we get our first social security check. And what have they done since then? They keep wow. raising the the age group, right? It used to yeah, be 62, yeah. then it became 65, and our generation is like 68 Six. or 69. You know, come on, folks. And it doesn't buy you anything, but that's supposed to be the, your investment, right? Of course, if you've been able to stack away those dollars instead of letting the pyramid scheme, folks, if there was a corporation out there that wasn't United States, Inc., and you were stealing your employees' retirement accounts the way they stole them? That's right. Those nice shackles, the CEO, the CFO, they're going to jail for a long time. They're not going to be fun. But anyway, again, it's just conspiracy theory, Matt. You know, don't just ignore the two guys talking to you right now. <laughs> so, long story short, folks, what they're doing, they have to kill off a high percentage of the population, and this is the perfect way of doing it. Now realize that they're also doing other things. They Sorry. killed off small business. That was what uh, March 2020 was about. They killed off the small business while the big corporations took over market share. That's all that that was about. I'd be interested and to see that graph whenever COVID hit. As you're talking, I'm going to look at this graph. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, go for it. And uh, what happened after that? Well, when we supposedly got out of the uh, proverbial COVID hoax and life was good again, right? What happened? Well, all these businesses that were in trouble because they'd been shut down for six months or a year or more. Damn. Yeah, right. Exactly. One thirteen thirty-five. Its high was one twenty-five. Matt. In March of twenty twenty. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Is, is that significant or what? That's June right, of two, people. June of two thousand nineteen, it was trading at ninety two twenty, and June of twenty twenty ninety five, but that spike. Look at that damn spike, man. Ninety ninety three twenty eight, from what? Eighty five. Holy shit! And it went all the way to one fifteen at that. If you move ever so carefully, come back just a hair, just a hair. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, the One point of the matter thing. the point of the matter is this, folks. I tell people this gold and silver are a security blanket for you. Don't consider them to be a quote unquote investment. Consider them to be an insurance policy. Because gold and silver have been the only thing that have been money since we've started. No mm -hmm. joke. And one of the things I like to remind people of is if you go back thousands and thousands and thousands of years, okay, back to Roman times, what did it, would you consider a uh, Roman soldier who could run all day and fight and uh, do all those kinds of things to be a uh, kind of an important caricature for the uh, expanding Rome? 
That'd be a commodity, wouldn't it? It'd be an asset. So if uh, they were being paid uh, the equivalent of a silver dime from 1964 every day, that got them fed, that got them weapons, that got them laid. Now, does that sound like silver had value back then for a professional soldier? Sure. Absolutely. Do you know what a silver dime costs in 2022 right now, ladies and gentlemen? Try $2.25 if you're getting charged 22% or 22 times face. That's all. Now, I want you to think about that. Thousands of years ago, all that did was hire a professional soldier. You know what a professional soldier costs now? A whole lot more than $2.25 a day, I'm here to tell you. So when I hear people say, oh, John, I can't afford to buy any little silver. Oh, please spare me. At $15, that's seven ounces or seven uh, silver dimes, okay? Roughly. That means you're getting paid a silver dime a week. You can't take one hour of your $15 an hour paycheck and use it for that. It's tangible. This is the thing. What he's trying to say is it's tangible. It is tradable and it is a commodity that we, it's not, it's not necessarily a note. It's physical, tangible, uh, viable, tradable commodity. You, you, right. I, I get it. I get it. You get it. There's no counterparty risk because there's nobody else that has a claim. Now you have to take physical possession of it. You can't be leaving it in somebody else's hands. And don't even get me started on the subject matter of these banks again. Investing, oh, investing. All, oh, yeah. I got all my gold and my silver in the bank. It's safe in there. Sure it is. Well, if mm. you Listen, I had a friend of mine ask me about that recently, and I actually told him, listen, I want you to go do a uh, search on Google or whatever. I told him, just type in uh, safety deposit box theft safety deposit box theft and i think he used google and he got back like six million hits okay folks Without a doubt, bro. you think there's safety in a safety deposit box you're a moron johnny here check this out you, you can go even now and, and again this is just this is a note a federal note Everybody waits for tax time, right? They're either going to pay into it or get something back. Uh, I've been lucky enough to get something back for a couple years. But here's the thing. Whenever you go there, I don't like to keep my, I don't keep, or I don't like to keep any any of my, my money in the bank. And then my bank, they know that. But here's the thing. You go to try to take $1,500 to 2000 plus out of the bank and say, I want it all. I want it all. My wife, my wife did this this past tax time. This took like twenty two hundred dollars. They're like, "What are you gonna do with this?" She's like, "Mom, this is my my wife." They asked her, "What are you gonna do with this?" And she's like, "She's," I'm I'm like, she looked over at me. I'm going, "Oh boy," because <laughs> I already I already know. She's like, "What the fuck's that matter?" I'm going, "Oh, she didn't." I literally put my hands on her, and she's like, "I want I want to get my hair done." And the woman's like, okay, okay. I'm like, why? I'm like, okay, well, why'd you have to? She's like, what does it matter? I'm like, I don't know. 
She only asked, well, what does it matter? They're trying to keep track of why you're trying to take this money from out of the bank. 20, just $2,200. $2, they need to know what you're using it for. I know. I just had a friend of mine post me basically the same comment you just made today. Mm -hmm. And uh, she went in wanting some cash and uh, they gave her the third degree about what she wanted for. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, I was talking a little bit ago. There was a video that I shared. It's about 54 seconds. It's the only time I've ever seen a banker tell the truth. Okay. Not a joke. <laughs> okay. The only time I've ever seen a banker tell the honest to God truth. He's a really fat guy. Uh, uh, International Bank of International Settlements, BIS, I believe is what it was from. And he's going to be the one that's going to be in charge of the central bank digital currencies, okay? Don't think for a moment it's even going to be uh, the Federal Reserve or anything else. It's going to be a much bigger thing than that. Because what, they, what they're trying to do is they're trying to push us into a system where we're getting paid directly. This is why they destroyed the economy. They're getting people desperate. That's the secret. They're trying to get you desperate enough to take what they're handing you, and then they can follow you and control you. And that's what this banker says. We don't know where the $100, $50, and $20 bills are going. We don't know what people are spending it on, how they're spending on, who's using it. But with the central bank digital currency, we'll be able to do all of that, and we will be able to control how that money is spent. If we don't like the fact that you're ordering a cheeseburger because you weigh about 40 pounds too much, guess what? When you go to your uh, <clears throat> favorite fast food restaurant to go get that cheeseburger, it won't work. And I remember, Matt, I remember decades ago when one of the, uh, I think it was YouTube, I think I first saw it on YouTube. There was a uh, video that was going out where somebody was trying to order a pizza in the okay. new system. And when he was trying to order the pizza, the girl at the other end that was doing the uh, pizza was busy talking about, well, I'm looking here and you don't have enough. And uh, wait a minute, your high blood pressure. And I mean, there was all these reasons why he couldn't order this pizza. Other than the fact he just wanted to order a pizza. Now, this is the problem. Because if they tell you, you cannot use this central bank digital currency on what we tell you you can't use it on, we can't tell you, you're not going to be able to do it. What do you want? I want to be able to go and I want to go on vacation 50 miles outside of my area. But if your central bank digital currency only works in a 5 or a 10 mile radius, Guess what? You're not going anyway. Go ahead, Matt. Let, let me ask you about where, because I, I've, I've seen this in, in the chat over here, okay, many times. Where, where, does, where does this decentralization, the, the, the fall of the dollar, where does that play into the social credit score? Or where does the social credit score play into it? Do they play okay, off one Long story short, I like putting it this way. When I talk about my social credit score, it's already in the negative. It's never going to be in the positive. <laughs> I've, I've got way too much to expose their corruption. They are never going to give me squat because I'm never going to take it anyway. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's a slave system, folks. It's a perfected slave system. And you have to realize that it is a perfected slave system. Now, so let's get into options. Well, one of the things I've been talking, we talked gold and silver today, but let's go. 
you don't have to just use gold and silver as a way of barring amongst one another. You've got all kinds of things. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, here's what you need to be doing. You better be marketing, finding people that are growing groceries and prepaying for your groceries. Prepaying. I'm not talking about going up to Wally World. I'm telling you right now, you better find people that are not a part of Big Agra that are more than happy to take your money and when they give you their handshake that yes, you will get some radishes, you will get some carrots, you will get some tomatoes. When the time comes and they come in, that's contracting and that's what we need to be doing with each other. Mm. But if you're going to expect to get fed when this... Folks, if you don't realize, I've been talking since June or July of 2020 about the Hunger Games. It's a real thing, folks. And if you haven't been paying attention to all these factories that seem to be mysteriously disappearing under very unusual circumstances across the country in the last six months, do you think that's a coincidence? Do you think that, yeah, I can see a couple factories burning down a year. That happens. But hundreds of them? Come on, folks. Come on. Wake up, please. Anyway, so some of the other options. You have, most people have some knowledge, skills, and ability. Okay? And I don't know what they are. Maybe you're great at sales. Maybe you're great at uh, growing groceries. Maybe you're great at just babysitting. But somebody out there needs those skills from you. And you can trade your skills for their skills. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're good at fixing a car. Maybe they're good at uh, giving some uh, advice. Maybe perhaps they're good at uh, doing something that doesn't associate with big pharma, if you know what I'm saying. And instead, turn around and do something very different. Barter trade. That's right. Because, again, what did I tell you earlier in the show? Their system is built on slavery, and their Federal Reserve note is built off of your life force energy. You want to kill this system without having to get violent? And I drive this point home all the time. You don't need violence to change this system. No, we don't. I say it, too, all the time, Johnny. I say it all the time, and they know it. These guys over here, they know it. We don't have to raise a hand, fire a bullet, kill anybody, burn the White House down, none of it. We can literally change our system overnight if we were all to just just literally unify and, and make a stand. That's, that's the absolute truth. What you just spoke is perfect wording. Rely on one another. Stop consenting to the tyranny. It's the whole theme. My entire timeline on my Facebook is a running indictment of the system. My johnlacron.weebly.com has my magnum opus. I should show them that. I should show them that page. johnlacron.weebly.com That six-part magnum opus is a real court case. And in it, I expose the entirety of the fraud and the entirety of the system. I have to go back to you. Want to know how the world works? That's how it works. And by the way, folks, that was done, filed 
under the pain and penalty of perjury. Every single one of those documents was. And I've filed similar documents in other states and other locations. Okay. You don't have it linked. I don't have it linked there. It's okay. Just go to the top. I'll tell you what to type in. John. Lecrone. L-E-C-K-R-O-N-E. Yeah. L-E. 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 L-E-C-K. Oh, I'm sorry. L. E C K R O N E dot Weebly W E E B L Y B L Y O L Y dot com. That should pull it up. That's right. There it is. Okay, scroll down a little bit. Scroll down just a little bit. Little bit more, please. Little bit more, please. The magnum right opus. There it is. <clears throat> that magnum opus. That means my greatest work. Document one, two, three, four, five, and six. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm the only one I know of that's brought criminal claims against the governor. And you will find that in magnum opus six, if you're curious. I die. Um, I die. I die. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you. Once you learn how they build their That's system. right. There it is. Hang on. Okay, scroll curious. Did I did I do that or did you do that? I'm not so doing anything. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you. Hang on. Once you learn how they build their That's right. There it is. I accidentally sorry about that, buddy. It's all good, man. Got <laughs> too much shit going on. <laughs> okay, but uh let's get back on track now with where we need to go. Uh, we, we were going to talk a little bit about the garbage that was going on with uh, regards to a certain <clears throat> former president. Right. Now, if you want to talk about Mar-a-Lago, that's fine, but I'm going to make it a fairly short speech. Okay. First of all, I consider all of this to be theater. I need people to know that I do not vote for my slave master. I consider all of them to be actors. It's not a coincidence. I think they use the politicians as a way of a way of doing divide and conquer with us. Okay. And this um quote unquote <clears throat> movement into and getting uh quote unquote uh, every piece of paper that was there at Marilago. Think about something very clearly. We forget these things. First of all, back during the pandemic start, back at the start, Donald Trump turned over power to FEMA. (coughs) You can watch watch the video. I have never seen where that power was ever returned to the position of the president. So I don't think there's been a president since then. I think there's been people pretending to be president, but I don't think there has been. But now, Having said that, let's get past that conspiracy theory. Let's move on to our present. How do you get people to shoot at one another? We're hearing it from both sides. They all want to go to war with one another. They want another war. You want a civil war, folks? I can tell you as a former soldier, soul dyer, you don't want to go there. You think life is shitty now? Try hunger. Try mountains of death killing on your front doorstep. 
your homes destroyed, your wealth decimated, your children begging for scraps, prostituting yourself just so you could get a cigarette to barter with for a little bit of something else. You don't want a war, people. You don't. Now, you have a right to defend yourself. I want to make that very clear. But these people are trying to start a war. And that's what I think this Mar-a-Lago thing. But that's also something that you need to take note of. They are telling you several times this week, several times this week, they're coming after you. Now, they stole your vote back in 2020, those of you that want to vote for your slave masters. No question about that. But the issue is this, though, and it's critical. That doesn't mean anything either. Because, again, they need the two sides to be fighting amongst each other. And we now have people, first of all, saying, well, January 6th, look at how the FBI agents were sending people in there. Folks, they were opening the door for these people. They were just hanging out, yet they're going to jail for going into the quote-unquote what's supposedly the people's house. They're treating them like domestic terrorists. No rights whatsoever. Fraudulent BS. They're doing the same (laughs) thing with that Alexander Jones character. And I consider Alexander Jones to be controlled opposition, but on that same note, he's got a lot of good information that's not wrong. Okay, I want to make that clear. Now, again, so now we're talking about this new thing that they've done. They've gone in and gone into a former president's home. And what's the news, the alternative, quote unquote, media, which is the real media? What is it saying? The guy that signed off on that, the clerk masquerading as a judge, has direct ties to Epstein. Oh, there's a dirty little secret that we don't want to talk about. Do you see how they're playing us off with each other? Do you see what they're trying to do? I'm trying to send a message to you. Now, what was that other message that they sent you? They sent you a message a few days ago out of Washington, D.C. that 87,000 IRS agents are coming to your doorstop. And one thing that they put up there was we're hiring new agents. And you will have to be in physical fitness shape and you will have to carry a gun and you will have to sometimes do raids. That's not the IRS, folks. Oh, yeah, you deadly force. I... <laughs> that's right. not the IRS, people, but that's the, that's the cover they're using. So what they are literally telling you subliminally, literally telling you subliminally, we're coming after everybody who disagrees with us. Get that through your skulls, people. This is a war, and I've told you it's a war for years. And it's a deadly war. Look at the amount. One of the big points in the last three months has been the issue of how many small caskets are being bought now. <clears throat> They're being bought in bulk. All right, the, the baby kids. Mm-hmm. Now, I buried a son. Okay, I buried a boy. And I'm here to tell you, it is not a pleasant feeling. Right. But that is such a rarity 
But now all of a sudden we're getting all of these bodies coming up. All of a sudden young people with heart attacks. Come on, people. We told you what was going on. I know Matt's been all over this like a people. <clears throat> I have. Even though we get censored, Facebook bans, all that kind of crap. We've been there, done that. But we still do it. Why? Because we're trying to wake you up. We're trying to keep you alive. But people seem to want to just run off the cliff like those lemmings. They, Johnny, they, it's, it's like it, they, it doesn't seem to matter, okay? I have literally watched people, and, and these guys can, can see this too. We've watched people in the chat. We've literally had hundreds of people to now, you know, to, because of the censorship from thousands, I mean, me and Shark remember thousands of people talking to thousands of people. And it would, it would drastically, drastically started declining, 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 declining. And the, mom, the moment you really start talking about things that people really, really need to hear, it's like they, they, it's like their eyes glaze over and it's like, Cognitive dissonance. They just completely disassociate themselves. And we're talking things that they really, really need to hear. Okay? Substantial shit. And, and again, the, the, the disconnect with, the, with uh, substantial information that they need to hear, not that they want to hear it, they need to hear it. It's like, like I told you today, it's like Charlie Brown's Charlie Brown's uh, teacher. Blink, 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 blink. And I know these guys over here in the chat, they're the same way. Whenever we talk to these people, I'm not talking about the people in the chat. I'm saying whenever whenever we try to talk to our family or our friends, it's like they, they just blink, 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 blink. And it's like, oh, look, like you said, oh, look, a lemming. What the fuck? What happened in, in Mar-a-Lago should indeed scare the shit out of everybody, myself included. Because if it can happen to him, it damn sure can happen to me or you, Johnny. You know that right now. Oh, yeah. And again, one of the things I like to do every so often, and I've done it here on this show too, and you've also done the same thing, is I remind everybody, if I'm ever wearing a toe tag that self says I was self-terminated, um, just start a murder investigation. Mm -hmm. I mean, Matt, Matt, you saw the reason I do this. You watched all of them here a few minutes ago. The babies, the, the kids. Uh -huh. The only way these people are going to stop me is to kill me. And the only reason <laughs> I like to stop, because I won't do it voluntarily, is to be pushing up daisies. We're in a war, folks, and I treat it very much like a war. I have never been naive in this little detail. And the problem is in wars, you have casualties. Now, going back to what I was saying earlier, we don't need violence, but we do need people to stop consenting to their own enslavement and to their own murders. We have to get to people to the point where they agree with this. Because otherwise, it's all for naught. Let me explain to you what will happen. What will happen if we don't stop it. This country is already divided. A big chunk of both sides want to start a shooting competition. We call it a two-way rifle range. Okay? 
Now, about the time that happens, I can tell you this. I suspect there's one side's going to do a whole lot better than the other. Now, do you think that it'll be good for Liberty? Well, in theory, it might be. But here's the flip side of that little detail. They will then turn around and they will bring in their foreign armies. They will bring in their foreign armies. Now, if you're not aware of what took place over in the <clears throat> Ukraine, again, I didn't fall for the Ukraine garbage either. Again, these are all controlled opposition. They're all World Economic Forum hacks. Get through your skull, people. If you're over there going, rah, rah, Ukraine, screw the Russians, you're a moron. Let me explain a few little details that most people don't know. Okay? Here's the truth of the matter. First of all, again, I want to reiterate this. It's controlled opposition. I am convinced of that. But second of all, if you want to look at the logic and reason of what they're telling their people over there, this is what happened over there from their narrative side. The Ukraine was overthrown by the Americans, which it was, in 2014. And they put in their puppet president. Their puppet president was replaced with a different puppet president named Zelensky, who was financed <laughs> by a, oh, get this, Matt, a banker who got a billion dollars from the United States Corporation. No, there's no conspiracy there, Matt. A billion? Only a billion. Only, only a billion. Uh-huh. And you he, folks don't realize that there's a big slush fund over in the Ukraine? Forget about the uh, methods they're trying to kill people over there through chemical warfare, and biological warfare organizations that were being built left and right and center. It's a giant slush fund for the Democratic Party. And again, it wasn't just some Democrats. It was also for a few Republicans, too. It's a giant, giant cash cow for the cabal to pay off their people. But again, I'm getting off track here. Ukraine so under fire. You? Say again? Ukraine on, under fire. Very important movie. Very good Very movie. important. Watch it. Now, um... The other important part is, who was the one that was first on the move with their army? Was it the Russians who were, quote-unquote, invading Ukraine? No. The Ukrainian army was the first to move. And they were going to war with Russian-speaking Ukrainians who were being denied the right to even speak U Russian in Ukraine by their, quote-unquote, president, who was the puppet of the United States Corporation, <clears throat> Zelensky. Mm -hmm. But go ahead and believe that it's all the Russians' fault and we need to send billions upon billions over there. Folks, we're in a proverbial war with Russia right now, just in case it hasn't occurred to you. Now, do you think that Russia is the same little thing that these other countries are? Have you not noticed how we ran away with our tails stuck between our legs? Huh? And that wasn't with Russians. Although the Russians experienced the same things over in Afghanistan when they got kicked their ass kicked too. Guess what, people? You better wake up to the scam. You better realize the World Economic Forum has their fingers in everything. Again, none of this is a coincidence. There's no such thing as an accident. 
All roads lead to Rome. All roads lead to the World Economic Forum. All roads lead to the Rothschilds. All roads have a general one direction. And when you start putting all the proverbial pieces into a nice straight row, everything becomes absolutely and clear as the cleanest of water. And believe me, we've only scratched the surface tonight. We have not gone very far down this proverbial rabbit hole. I just got you caught up to something. But if you're going to hear anything other than what I mentioned earlier about being life is being in danger, and you better wake up to that little fact that you're in a war, realize this as well. You need to survive this by being prepared for some really bad times. Now, I'm going to do for Matt what I've been wanting to do for me for about a month. I've been putting together a list. And I want, I'm, it's going to take me about five minutes to go over this list. Okay. But I need everybody to take into consideration and keep this list around because I'm telling you, when there's a supply problem, all of these things have value. Let me say that again. When there is a real supply problem and there's no such thing as currency, when the the money is worthless, all of these things will have value above and beyond because that's what it's about. Your first priority, ladies and gentlemen, is obviously simple. You better have food. If you're taking medicines medicines that actually do save your life, not the poisons, you better have a stockpile of those. You better have a water purification system. You better be able to feed yourself for a while. Okay? You better have some seeds, or you better be negotiating with other people. You better be negotiating with other people if you can't do these yourself. So that you can feed your family if things go bad. Here's a few issues. Things that don't have value when the world goes bad. Food. Alcohol, chocolate, detergent, trash bags, cigarettes, storage bags, rice, beans, seeds, oils, tools, gold and silver, cash. Yeah, believe it or not, I'm going to tell you, have a little bit of that green stuff. Notice how hard it is to get it out of the bank? When other people are desperate, that cash... You should have about a month, one month's expenses in cash that are not tied up in their banking system. You hear me? Okay. That's very hard for a lot of people, but continue. I'm not, ar- I'm not arguing that. Oh, yeah. Pocket change. You can use the pocket change for candy machines and you can sodas and that kind of stuff, but you can also use pocket change for other things. During the War of Northern Aggression, guess what went away first? Change, probably. That's right. Pocket chain. Yeah, they were trying to recall that really hard here in the past. Uh, what was it? A couple of years ago? A few years ago. 2020, when the economy was crashed and everybody <clears> would have <throat> been going to their personal piggy banks to spend that change because they needed money to buy that groceries or, you know, that gallon of milk or that gallon of gas. Well, guess what happened? They says, well, we don't know why there's no change out there. Come on. I'm smarter than that. I'm a lot smarter than that. And by the way, folks, I need you to get, this is the point I wanted to make earlier and I didn't get to it. 
there is a real shortage of physical silver available. This is a real thing, folks. This isn't a conspiracy theory. Now, there's a guy that I follow. He's got a silver company, one of the major players. And he just did a $50 million deal a couple weeks ago. $50 million. The lady bought every silver eagle he could get his hands on. And this guy hates the silver eagles because he considers them to be way overpriced because they're priced at like $33, $34 each. Holy and, shit. Yeah. 33 or 34. And remember, I told you earlier in the show, you can buy 999 silver from pretty much everything else for about 26 or 27. But you can't do that with Silver Eagles. Hmm. This woman took everything that he had. He had to call in everybody he knew. And she was willing and prepared to pay those prices. Now, all you need is about 10 more people to do that. You won't find an ounce of silver anywhere. Damn it, man. And I've and I have seen this before. I saw this in 2011. When the price of silver they killed it from $20 an ounce down to 9, you couldn't buy an ounce anywhere for less than 18. I've seen this pattern multiple times. I'm telling you folks, if you don't know the power of silver, how it is utilized, how important of a metal it is, all of its uses, and why I prefer it over gold in so many different reasons. You better do some research in all the uses of silver. Because it dwarfs anything gold. Gold is a monetary metal. Silver is both a monetary metal and a metal used in industry. And trust me, industry will continue to use silver indefinitely. And it will have no impact on how a cell phone is built, technology is used, <clears throat> uses silver. They're not going to care what the price is. They're still going to use that silver. Almost all gold that has ever been mined, we can still put our fingers on today. Almost all silver that has ever been mined, we cannot. And I'm here to tell you, the only re way we've been able to keep up with demand for silver for the last, oh, 20 years has been one simple fact. Scrap silver coming back on the market. Miles Franklin, thank you, Angie. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to wake up. Back to my list. Your health. Nothing else matters if you don't have your health. Hint, hint. Medical supplies, water purification system, Communication devices, and that doesn't mean your cell phone. Uh, Self-defense tools and accessories. Wink, wink. Knowledge, skills, and abilities. Folks, when this thing first went down in uh, March of 2020, by May of 2020, I was studying things I never studied before. Okay. I was watching YouTube video after YouTube video after YouTube video after YouTube video because I wanted to learn everything I could learn because, hey, if I got to figure out what I need to do to keep some chickens alive, you better believe I'm going to learn how to do it. Keep some cows alive, I'm going to learn how to do it. Okay? And no, I don't have chickens and I don't have cows, but that didn't mean I didn't learn about both of those in March of 2020. 
prepare, ladies and gentlemen. It's an old Boy Scout philosophy. Be prepared. All right. Work ethic. Oh, boy, don't get me started on that little detail. Shelter, honey, sugar, flour, cocoa, peanut butter, soap. Uh, let's see. Water, fishing tackle, TA-50 gear. Again, if you have to be military to get that one. Shampoos. Uh you should have some uh, grape plants growing, and uh, also wine is also a good thing for barter. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Believe it or not, sodas. Not that they're good for your teeth. But uh, ketchup, mustard, pickles, all of those things, store. When you have a supply crunch where you don't have it, and I'm not saying stock up to the point of being stupid, but I am, you know... <laughs> Well, how many bottles of ketchup do you need, you know? <laughs> don't be a toilet paper hoarder. Yeah, exactly. But again, you don't want to be down to your last roll of toilet paper either, okay? Right. If you know what you use in a typical week, um, you know, have three or four months supply of some of this stuff because that's what you need, okay? Uh, guinea hens and chickens, the live version. Can nuts, beef jerky, uh, fuel, trash bags, Ziploc bags, things to kill pests like roaches, ants, etc. Candles, coffee, dried fruit. Uh, let's see, copper pennies, ladies and gentlemen. You can still get copper pennies from the bank, believe it or not. And I'm not talking about the zinc coated copper ones post 1902. <clears throat> books with information, folks. Nobody likes books anymore, and I. it scares me. Oh, if I want something, I'll just look up to it. I'll look it up online. What happens if your internet access doesn't work and the grid is down? Well, gee, that website that you were planning to go to, it may still be there on somebody's server, but you ain't getting to it. But if you've got a book that says, okay, this is what I need to do to take care of this particular plant. Hey, it's nice to have a little bit of information at your fingertips, right? Matches. Playing cards and board games. You, and you say to yourself, playing cards and board games? Oh, please, John. We'll be playing video games and watching movies. Again, good luck with that one. In a grid down society, you need to keep people, first of all, from panicking. And one of the things I like to mention, folks, is when this system completely collapses, and it's going to reach a point that it does. And if you don't know what a civilized collapse looks like, look at World War One Germany, post-war, the Weimar Republic. Look at South America. Look at Argentina. Look at all these countries. They call them banana republics for a reason, folks. You're living in a banana republic right now. We may not grow bananas, but I'm telling you, we are producing currency the same way. And again, if you folks haven't researched and read the book, um, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, you better realize something. I told you, vulture capitalism, this is what the bankers do. This is what the bankers do. This <clears throat> isn't to survive and make millions, although if you're in the right situation and are prepared, you can do that. 
But the secret is to survive with the minimal amount of damage that these people are trying to inflict a maximum amount of damage. Again, I can't make this, I can't reiterate this enough. You're in a war. Time to wake up to that little detail. All right. Uh, feminine hygiene products, iodine, rubbing alcohol, tires, batteries, flashlights, cocoa, aluminum foil, saran wrap, salt. Oh, salt's important. Very important. Matt, back in the day, they didn't just pay Roman soldiers with silver. Sometimes they paid them with salt. Very important little detail. They considered salt to be so important they would leave military armies at a point where there was a lot of quality salt. Okay? Is he worth his salt? Has meaning, folks. Hmm. Uh, mason jars, nuts, bolts, screws, nails, and, of course, all the tools associated with uh, being able to build things. Even if you don't know how to do it yourself... Somebody else may need those things, and you can use them for barter. Like I said earlier, knowledge, skills, and abilities, uh, critical thinking, logic, and reason. Again, both of these seem to be very um, hard to find these days. But there are a few of us that are trying to encourage other ones to get those knowledge as well. Okay, uh, life straws, uh, paper plates, wood and plywood, apple cider vinegar, spices of different kinds. Bear spray, believe it or not. Uh, that pretty much covers the list. I'm sure there's a few more there, but uh, I think that <clears throat> covers most of it. But w if you think about how little we think about things, but everything that you heard me mention, if you didn't have access to those in a week, how complicated would your world be? Two weeks, a month, two months. Now all of a sudden... Well, what do I have to do? Because I kind of got to get a few of these things. Okay? But the most important thing that you can have aside from all this is friends. You should already be establishing your network now. Not when the shit hits the fan. Now. You should have that network in place now. Why? Because if you're thinking you're going to do Rambo and survive this all by myself, I don't need nobody, I'm good. You've already lost. They'll own your ass in about one nanosecond. It's done. Okay? But now what happens? Let me explain to you what happens in a community that's on mission. And again, we don't want to talk about any American history, right? Post-World War II America. Tennessee, no less. Mm-hmm. Has anybody ever heard of this thing called the Battle of Athens? Sometimes called the McMinn County War. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh -huh. <clears throat> Folks, what did that have to do with where you're at right now? Corrupt sheriff. People corrupt, against the government. Corrupt government. Mm -hmm. Corrupt mayor. Ex exploitation, extortion, racketeering, conspiracy, and growing their criminal enterprise. The corruption was so bad. The corruption was so bad, they were talking about it in Washington, D.C., a county 
that was so corrupt, they were talking about it in Washington, D.C. And finally, on election day, when they crossed the line once too many times, shot somebody trying to exercise their right to vote, and tried to run away with the ballot boxes, so they could count those ballots behind closed doors, it didn't quite work out the way they did. They thought it would. Nothing to see here. <laughs> the returning veterans said to themselves, we didn't just come from fighting the Axes, fighting the fascists over there, to come home to fascism here. Why do they label returning veterans potential domestic terrorists? Why are they labeling Americans who care about their friends, their neighbors, their country as domestic terrorists? Folks, they're telling you their agenda. They want you to start shooting at them. That that would make them so happy. But here's the secret. Yes, defend yourself if they actually are shooting at you. But it, before it gets to that point, stop consenting. Because remember, when it's all over, said and done with, there's only a few of them. Very few. And even if you include their goons with costumes, badges, and guns, that's not many more. And what happens? Look at some of the countries around the world that have rejected their corrupt governments. Look at what happens. They throw them out. They say, you have no more power here. You abused your power. We're done with it. Exactly, Julia. Become unmanageable. <clears throat> she Can remembers. I... She remembers. She remembers that from um, me talking with Eric Hecker. Me and Eric Hecker were talking about that. You know, and and that that was one of the things that stuck with me too is becoming become unmanageable. And it's like I, here I don't I don't try to teach I don't try to teach or or share with people that I am. Um, I'm not a I'm not a violent person. And again, the way I see this is we don't have to be violent. Like you're trying to say, we don't have to be violent. And and later once I went here we're already at 2 hours and 13 minutes. Got to wrap it up. But in, nevertheless, during my 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 last my last statement, I've got something pretty powerful to say to the ABCs that's probably listening. And it might shock them. It might shock them. Only probably. Yeah, probably. But nevertheless, they they know. I mean, I don't want nothing to happen to anybody. Even this even even this this illusion. Okay, over here in D.C., I understand what's going on. These guys understand. You understand. It's it's just a facade. It's a facade. It's 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 the the puppet masters play. If you even them guys over there in the east, they're they're proverbial chess pieces they've got a puppet master i mean we've got to really 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 think who is in control of this entire facade it goes deep man Th them guys over there are only puppets and and we're the pawns 
I enjoyed this talk, buddy. I really did. I I had. I'm looking at the time. I'm going, holy shit! It's already two, two hours fifteen minutes. You look tired, John. Now you look well, like we, you're getting We get a lot out every time we do these shows, and you know that's part of what we do. But remember, folks. You know, the uh, Nazis told you basically this. We know that nobody wants to go to war. Okay? Nobody does. Nobody wants to go to war, but we've got to convince them that they need to. And this is what they try to do. They've got to convince us. They use trauma-based mind control. They use fear to manipulate and control us. Folks, if you're being controlled by your emotions and making decisions by your emotions, 99.95% of the time, you are making the wrong choice. It is okay to get emotional over something. It is not okay to stay emotional and respond mm -hmm. because of emotions. You have to turn around and simply look at critical thinking, logic, reason, look at problem solving. And this is one of the things that men are good with. Men are problem solvers by our nature, but women are emotional creatures by their nature. Now, we're supposed to balance each other out, but in a modern society, that's not happening. Now, folks, I want to close out with a couple quick notes. First of all, General Smedley Butler War is a racket. Prepare for bad times so that should they show up at your door, not that you want them to, because trust me, you don't, but should they arrive, not only will you be able to help others, you will be able to tell people, well, this is what happened. This is how we got to this point. And then guess what? They will be open up to new ideas to how we to rebuild. See, there's the key. Even as they crash this system, it doesn't mean they're going to rebuild it the way they want it to. We can reject them outright and rebuild it where peace, liberty, justice, love, care, concern, honesty, integrity, all those things are by our nature. And as you, you've heard me say it on Matt's show before. Law is simple. Law is simple. Eight little letters Three little words. Do no harm. Do no harm. Everything else is contract. Everything else is maritime admiralty, constructed contract, and racketeering for our kangaroo court star chambers. Matt, it has been a pleasure, my brother. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. I really do. I appreciate you. I know these guys do, too. John, we got to, again, after after uh, uh, this all of this Trump stuff comes to light, right? Because I know this is funny that that the DOJ is trying to rush now to they're like, oh, we'll, we'll show everybody the warrant. We'll show everybody the warrant prior to Trump letting go of the warrant. We already know that Trump's going to bring forth like all of the receipt, you know, the receipt, the deposition, the subpoena, any, whatever. All, all of this, he's going to show them. But it's just funny, John, that the DOJ Come out with a statement today, and they're they're the ones that's going to show. They're we're, we're talking about the unsealing of the file. We're going to show the public the warrant. Hmm. Boy, won't this be interesting? Political theater, people. Boy, oh boy. All right, Mister Lacron, I appreciate you for being here on a Thursday. I know you got to work tomorrow, so thank you again. We will have you back another day and another topic. All right. Remember, 
Hey, remember one little detail? Mister is a title to a slave, and Lecron is a surname and does not identify me. John, right. my friend. You too, buddy. Take care of yourself. Good night. Good night. We're in a matrix. We're in a matrix. We're in a matrix. Yeah. Let's do this. The board, the Matrix Minds. One of the most controversial conspiratorial shows on the web. The Matrix Minds. And that's right. Buckle up, everybody. Let's go. Paranormal, huh? Conspiracy, huh? Ufology. Hidden Egyptology. And anything and everything we can get our hands on. Let's go. Stay in Wonderland.